Let us pray. Most loving and gracious God, we give you thanks and praise for this day. We pray that your Holy Spirit will open our hearts to hear your voice. Lord, may your word be spoken and your word received. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Today on the church calendar, we commemorate the Feast of All Saints, which is on the calendar for November 1st. But it's likely that most of the people are not out at church in the middle of the week. And so the feast also has the option of being transferred to this, the first Sunday after All Saints. A feast in which we celebrate those who have gone before us, those whose example we seek to follow in their relationship with the Lord. And certainly we commemorate those who are officially on the calendar and recognized by the church as people that we might look up to, to model our own life after. And certainly in our own lives, we probably all have plenty of people who are not on the church calendar, whose Christian journey has been an example and an encouragement to us as well. And we give thanks to God and commemorate them as well. And in this gospel passage, as we look to celebrate this feast, and uh, we look to the lives of the saints, and sometimes when we, when we look at saints' lives, we can get a delusion that uh, they were like some superhumans, and so that's why they were able to, to do something. Nobody else can do that, uh, but they were super, and so somehow they were able uh, to live their life more fully in, in the image of Christ. And certainly, if you read any saint's biography, you'll find out that they were just as human as we are, with the same struggles and temptations and doubts and questions. And if that's the case, then, then what makes the life of a saint somewhat different? And I think what we'll start to see is the only difference is, for some reason, somehow, they were able to surrender their life to Christ in such a way that Jesus lived more prominently through them. And that's the key ingredient, because as we look at this gospel passage, and we hear uh, these blessings and woes, we know that we can easily hear this and then turn it into a list of things that we now then have to just do in our own initiative. And we hear this uh, often as sort of then an, another checklist by which we do all of these things and then we get our card stamped and then God's going to be happy with us because we did all of the right things. And again, if that's how we've heard it, we've missed the order of events. And I think the order of events is what is encapsulated in the lives of the saints. That they recognize on their own they're not going to do any of these things. But it is Jesus who lives in them. Jesus who lives in us that does all of the things uh, that we can only often dream about doing. And what's so prominent in this gospel as Jesus um, gives us this image is that we're, we're told that the kingdom of God 
is different than what we see in the kingdoms around us. Because all of the things that God says, blessed are the ones, um, those would be all of the things that nobody would sign up for. And all of the things that the world says would be successful are all the things that Jesus says, well, hey, be cautious. And I think what he's pointing to, especially in these, these beginnings of the blessings and woes, is that if you're looking for the totality of your satisfaction in the here and now, be careful. Because there is more to our life than in the here and now and what the world has to offer. That was ultimately our destiny is to dwell with God in the new creation. And that our relationship with God supersedes all of these uh, what may be blessings and struggles in the world here and now. And so it's a change in our perspective again that Jesus has called us to. And certainly, I think capturing more clearly that perspective is perhaps some encouragement that we could get from the lives of the saints. That they were able uh, to, to connect to that, that image and to, to focus on Christ and the things that are beyond the here and now. And certainly then, Jesus gives a list that is pretty challenging, I would think. Love your enemies. And do good, though, do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other. Give to everyone who asks. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Now certainly that last sentence we all know very well. But sometimes I find it funny that it seems like we like to apply that sentence when somebody's being mean to us. And we say, do unto others. And then when we're wronged, and maybe it's just me, it's more fun to think about getting even than to do others unto others that I would have them do to me. And so it's this double standard that, oh, please do unto others and be kind to me, but don't step out of line because uh, then I want to get even. And so it sounds a lot uh, simpler than it turns out to be, doesn't it? And in fact, all the things on that list, what we know is that there is one who does them perfectly, and that's Jesus. And the good news of the gospel is that the righteousness of Christ has been given to us as a free gift. And then it's the Holy Spirit's job to shape our hearts and our minds that day by day Jesus might live more and more in us. So even on the day where we're having our best day at loving our enemy and we're doing all of these things, uh, be careful you don't take too much credit too quickly. Because even on our best day when we're able to do these things, it is really Jesus who lives in us. And it's the free gift of God's grace flowing out of us to others. And I know we probably want to take credit, but the, the part that scares me is it's great if I want to take credit when it's going well but that means I also have to take credit on the days that it's not and the good news of the gospel is thanks be to God we've been forgiven for the days when it's not lining up with the image of Christ 
And thanks be to God, the Holy Spirit works in and through us so that on the days that things are going really well, that people might see Jesus and God would be glorified. That's how this is all supposed to work. And so today, as we give thanks for the lives of the saints, we don't, we don't recognize them as some sort of superhuman. We just recognize that somehow in their life, they were able to allow Jesus to live more powerfully in and through them. And may we look to their example for our own life that we might totally surrender ourselves just like Jesus surrendered his life to the Father. And then Jesus can live in us, and again, not for our own honor or glory, but that others might come to know Jesus, that they might be reconciled with the Father and dwell with God for all eternity in the new creation. That's the goal of all of this. Let us pray. Most loving and gracious God, we give you thanks and praise for this day. We thank you for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ, who fulfilled perfectly all of the things that we can never do. And we pray that the Holy Spirit would shape our hearts and our minds, that Christ may live in and through us, that our lives might draw others to come and meet with you. May our lives be lived to your honor and glory, Lord. And we make this prayer through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.